views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Morning, everybody. Well, it's the first official day of fall. There we go, folks. So, uh, you know, it's going to get cooler at night and all that. At least that's what they tell us. It's global warming. Who knows? Um, anyway, we'll just start up. We, you know, we always talk about our webpage first. And uh, our webpage is, uh, if you Google Tim Hayes Radio, uh, it'll get you directly there. By the way, the other way you can do it is go to WHK1420. Hit the local podcasts and go down to Smart Investor Show or Tim Hayes and click on it, and you can go directly to my webpage from there. Uh, they also, uh, by the way, uh, you know, record the show, and then usually Monday at noon or Tuesday at noon, they replay it as many times as you want to hear it. Uh, so if you miss part of the show or you know you you're on on errands and you're at Ace Hardware and you you got to go in. You can always uh, hear the rest of it uh, if you want to. And once again, uh, you know, I, I direct you to my webpage. That's uh, you Google or Bing or whoever, whatever search engine you want, Tim Hayes Radio. And I, I'm usually the first one that shows up there. Uh, and it, you can always tell it's my page because it says, remember, buy low, sell high. And one of the, uh, there's a couple pieces in there that I think are really good. Number one, they're talking about cybersecurity, which I think this is some strategies for staying safe uh, under bulletin board, which is important. Above that is the daily technical analysis. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but if I can see what's going on, I feel much better about things. That's why I look at, you know, hundreds and hundreds of charts a day. Uh, and then Market Week, which is a nice uh, newsletter that uh, kind of wraps up things. It's amazing uh, what people don't know about the market. It's, uh, it's very interesting. By the way, under uh, cybersecurity, um, there's an also a piece below that called data breach, which is, you know, kind of how to protect yourself, et cetera. And uh, I keep talking about this. And since, you know, no, I think no, nobody signed up for this. They've signed up for a bunch of my new newsletters and, and also uh, a lot of our lists, but we talked about government healthcare fundamentals. If you're about to retire and you don't know about Medicaid and Med- Medicare, if you don't know what part A from part B is or part C or part D, uh, you know, you're better. Uh, and this is this basically describes all all of them, uh, and in pretty decent detail too. We've also got some other um, uh, pieces that you can get just by you know through my webpage. There's all sorts of uh, you know contact me, email me type of thing, or just call us at eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. That's eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. On top of that. Uh, we uh, we have the the basic numbers that you need to know, the fact sheets, uh, enrollment considerations, stuff you have to think about, and a couple other newsletters. A Woman's Guide to Healthcare and Retirement. I really highly recommend that. And Caring for Aging Parents, uh, another piece. We we do have some life insurance ben- uh, uh, basics that I think would be good for you, anyone who doesn't have life insurance, especially women. Y'all y'all need it. Um, we have a. Plenty of ideas, and uh, this one went uh, did very quite well. Uh, and this is uh, global best en- energy ideas. Remember, I I try to emphasize these when I think it's a good time to buy them, and they they were all up pretty nicely this week. Um, also, healthcare became the leading 
uh, industry in the quarter. So that's kind of interesting. We've been kind of harping on industry, on uh, healthcare, and then the Imagine twenty twenty five portfolio. It's got a lot of great names in it. Uh, not all of them, I think, are viable today. Uh, some of them look really pretty good. And then our small cap list, our guided portfolio all cap list, which has been doing great. And then our top equity picks globally and uh, domestically. Uh, I'm not there yet globally, uh, so I haven't been emphasizing those. But we have a new newsletter uh, for October. Uh, if you don't, this is another thing, the Donut Hall. If you don't know what that is, it's in Medicare coverage. You should understand it. And on the road to retirement, there's three. Uh, there's some basic risks. There's five of them that I know of. And life insurance with a refund. Hmm. Uh, and that, that's kind of interesting. But, you know, I always talk about our uh, wealth management plan. If you don't have a wealth plan, you probably should just to, you know, look, nobody follows them 100%. But if you follow them 70%, I think you're going to be much better off than if you didn't. It's that simple. All right. Okay. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, a couple things. After seeing their millennial pre- uh, predecessors drowned in student debt, Generation Z is avoiding that fate. The share of freshmen who use loans to pay for college peaked in 2009 at 53% and has declined. It, it's falling falling to 47 in 2006 and, and uh, 43 in 2017. So at the end of 2017, the Wilshire 5000, a basket of the 5,000 largest stock, had only 349 stocks in it. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And according to a study by CoreLogic, home prices have climbed almost 75% since hitting the low in 2012. So uh, you, you got hit for about five years there, and then it came all back. All right. Now, we, we, uh, as we always go through this show, we always talk about the process, and the process is pretty important to me. Um, you know, look, sometimes we're wrong. I'm going to talk about insiders today. And, you know, there's three or four inside trades that did not work, and they worked very badly, as a matter of fact. So I'm going to talk about those in the insider trading thing. But I think if you don't have some kind of process, successful investors always have a process. They follow it, and what they find is is it's uh, it's usually successful over a long period of time. And I just want to emphasize a couple of things we talked about last week. Remember, the IRS is warning a lot of the retirees about uh, some impending tax surprises. You don't have any write-offs this year, okay? You get a $10,000 deductible, that's it. Uh, and a lot of people have been taking uh, – a lot of money out of, you know, on RMDs and, and uh, annuities and that type of thing. And, you know, you got to be careful, folks, okay? On top of that, the, other, the second thing I want to talk about is the optimism index hit an all-time new high going back to 1986 when it started. So um, it's the first time we've seen that in a long, long time. Now, one of the things that we're seeing is the bond market, the yields are going up again. And I saw a couple things, uh, an Ohio municipal bond with a 4% a 4.255% yield to maturity and yield to the worst is the way we look at it. If it gets called is 4%. Uh, and it's a double a minus. So it's a high quality bond. So if you'd like, uh, you know, to hear more about that, uh, give us a call. Also, uh, a, a major bank has a 4% coupon on a, uh, CD that, that matures in nine twenty four thirty one. 31. Uh, so the, the rates are coming up is what I'm trying to tell you. Also, I, I noticed that GM did a hybrid preferred this week, and I'm not going to tell you the details about it, but uh, a lot of people like it. So we're starting to see some stuff in the fixed income area that is becoming, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, I um, I talked about factor investing last week, and, and there's all sorts of ways to do this, you know, and uh, I think if, if you take a look, 
one of the ways is uh, you know, another factor that you can do is, you know, what you're looking at is value, size, quality, momentum, low volatility, that type of thing, is the 90 to 100 idea. Almost 70% of the time when a stock breaks 90 on the upside, it goes on to 100. Now, what I like to do is add, you know, a good point and figure chart or, or momentum and look at the relative strength and that type of thing and make sure that everything's going. Our friends at Dorsey Wright do a lot of that and, uh, you know, we, we'll... But if you want that list, you got to call me. Uh, also, I, I had a question from uh, Mark, and he says, Tim, what is a bear market? Um, a, a bear market is described as a period when market prices drop 20% from the previous high. It's usually after a bull market, by the way. Uh, contrary to the counterpart bull market, a bear market singles a, a lot of pessimism. And, and, and while bear markets typically don't last long, at least regular bear markets, and there's a structural bear market we talked about, uh, you know, what is a secular bear market? That's a bear market that lasts, you know, we just went through one, and that's a 16 to 18 year type of thing. And uh, what you find uh, is you have bear market rallies, which people get bullish on, and then, you know, we go to another low uh, in those situations. Uh, right now, I do believe we're in a secular bull market. That's what I uh, think think we're, in, you know, into. But remember, I talked about the, uh, the, uh, uh, cycle theory and that you know the 17 and 34 year cycles turning up together and usually that's a very good thing for the first 17 years and then it heads south but within that big cycle is a four-year cycle and we're coming up into that into 2019 so 2019 could be you know uh, everybody's looking for it you know this month next month but you know usually um what you see uh, there's major indicators that 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 you know preclude a, a bear market and that is when the Two-year treasury is higher than the 10-year treasury. That's what they call inverted yield curve. You see a lot of uh, uh, the advanced decline lines making several lower highs. And, and uh, you know, basically how you prepare for it is just how you, you know, you, you go to cash. Uh, you do a couple things like that, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, we are coming into October. And everybody's talked about October because we've had some pretty bad ones, you know, uh, uh, 1978 was minus 9%, 1987 was 22%, 2008 was minus 17%. But you also got to remember that October usually is the bottom <laughs> because we have, you know, between uh, All Souls Day and May 1st is usually one of the best times in the market overall. So this year we have the S&P 500 on a buy signal going into the into the uh uh, October, which is, you know, uh, very unusual because uh, it's kind of a love-hate scenario for October. So I just think, you know, you want to be paying attention uh, to what's going on out there. And uh, look, there are times when you have a big sell-off in October and the and the, the market closes up for the month. I mean, we've had like 13 of those, you know, between 2 and 5, 5%. We've had 5 where we had 5 to 7%. We've had a couple that were greater than 10%, maybe 3 uh, now we've had some ones that were, you know, down one, one and a half percent. Uh, there was nine times that occurred and, and there's been a couple where we had less than, you know, we had a sell off of more than 10%. So October is that kind of love hate relationship that, uh, <laughs> often occurs, uh, in the stock market, which, you know, unfortunately is the way it goes, but that's the way it is. Now, uh, people ask me about, uh, the foreign market still, and look, the bullish percent was plus uh, 96% in the spring. And I kind of warned you that you want to be a little bit more careful. Okay. And then we went down and look, uh, we went 
we broke a double bottom here just recently, and we're at like six or oh no eight. I'm sorry. So I don't think it's the end of the world. I just think now we can see if it if it reverses back up. You know, it reversed back up in a column of X's for about a week, and then reversed right back down. So now, if we you know we might be making a higher low slowly but surely. So um, it's getting close. It's just you're just not there yet. The other thing I wanted to bring to your attention is digital advertising has grown from basically $80 million, or, well, we even go less than that, $60 million. It is now three, uh, $285 million, and that's in five years. I think that's the place to be if you're an advertiser. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain. Roof with the best or leak like the rest. With Right Now Construction, it's about trust. Getting a beautiful roof, siding, and gutters with excellent craftsmanship and design using quality materials. The experienced Right Now Construction team will transform the exterior of your home, taking pride in every phase of your home project. Here's the owner, Tom Cucinata. Right Now Construction is a roofing, siding, gutter, and restoration company serving homeowners. If you've had recent storm damage or noticed mold on your shingles, missing shingles, or shingles that are curling, call me, Tom, directly at 440-821-4201, and I'll schedule your free roof inspection. Right Now Construction will work directly with your insurance company to get your home covered for your full roof replacement. If your project is over $10,000, your gutters are free. Call me today, 440 440- 4401 and financing is also available. Get $200 off your roofing project when you mention that you heard this on WHK 1420. Roof with the best or leak like the rest. Right now, construction.net. Find the place that you can call home with help from OFA. The Ohio Housing Finance Agency provides down payment assistance, lower interest rates, and more to help Ohioans purchase the homes of their dreams. OFA also funds the development of affordable housing across the state to help families, seniors, and individuals find safe, quality housing. For more information on how OFA can help you, visit our website at www.ohiohome.org. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency, aired by the OAB and this station. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show, and I'm Tim Hayes. And uh, like I said, if you uh, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee with us, uh, give us a call eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. That's eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. I think we can do a pretty good job for your portfolio. Um, you know, something happened. Everybody was talking about housing starts and, and how they had fallen off the map. And I don't know if you saw the number for August, but we were up nine point two percent. That's the biggest jump in a while. Uh, now, no, new building permits declined by 5.7% in August, and that's that was way below the consensus uh, expectations. So we had housing starts re- re- rebound sharply in August, and then uh, they, they were recovering from a very unusual slow pace in June and July. 
And most of the recent volatility has been due to multifamily starts, which jumped 29.3% in, in August after dropping 166 So single-family housing grew a respectable 1.9%, and, and that's been gaining slowly but surely, but the multifamily, Multifamily homes has has been uh, doing weird stuff. So uh, I just want to update that because a lot of people are paranoid about that particular scenario, and I think it's it's something that uh, not to be paranoid about, but uh, you know to be be conscious of. And and uh, but it's really playing havoc with the housing uh, stocks. And, and what I mean, but you know, not only the the guys who do the single family homes, but the people who provide uh, the the materials. Uh, they're bouncing up quite up uh, down quite a bit, so uh, it's really interesting. So, um, you know, uh, we took a look at uh, some. Well, we we took a look at the rates, and and um, we saw some seasonally adjusted uh, employment rose by a very strong forty four k in August, and uh, continuing the the choppy patterns of recent months, and it was underpined uh, by. Uh, 33.7% or K in full-time jobs. So it's really adding to the strength of the underlying uh, details. The participation rate, rate rose to 65.7%, not far from the historic high. So the participation rate is up almost 9% uh, since uh, Mr. Trump came in there. And the, the unemployment rate held steady at 53 uh, Employment to population, one of the preferred measures to gauge the underlying health of the labor market, edged up slightly to 62.2%, uh, about a half a percent higher comp- than compared to a year ago, uh, and almost two full percentage points. The unemployment rate fell to 8.1 from 8.5 uh, for um, utilization rate, you know, uh, type of scenario. So these are good numbers, and, uh, you know, what we're getting is is a move up in rates, and that's good. For all you people who are looking for fixed income, you know, uh, if you'd like to get our CD list or you'd like to get our bond list, uh, you know, look, I think municipal bonds, if you get a 4% municipal bond, yield to worst, you know, maybe the yield to when they call it, that is a very nice scenario on a tax taxable basis. I mean, you're looking at about a 620 yield or, you know, right around there, six, uh, 590 to 620 yield, somewhere around there. I got to do my homework depending on when your your thing is. Uh, and it's more than the treasuries. It's very unusual. Um, so anyway, uh, we I, I wanted to talk about commodities a little bit. Uh, we have had troubles on a couple fronts here. Uh, geopolitics uh, have been a big thing, and tariffs obviously been another. But the past week uh, have brought really renewed turmoil in two key OPEC producers, Libya and Iraq. And while production has not been impacted, the risk of production is elevated. That's how stock markets work and bond markets and commodity markets. Uh, Canadian light uh, differentials have uh, blown out over recent sessions while uh, there are some short-term drivers. Uh, Canadian light is the, their light crude. Uh, plus, now we have Hurricane Florence, which is a you know big Category 2 storm as it hit. It was Category 4 before that. Uh, and it's really done some stuff like uh, really kind of it could impact the regional national gas demand and supply. So I'm just wondering – I mean, there's a lot of houses that are oh man have you seen any of the the, the stuff there but it's it, there's a lot of houses that are in trouble there so we don't know how much they're going to be using heat or whatever you know it, it'll be very interesting this fall so we're seeing some bouncing up and down and I, I think you know look the renewed uh, 
turmoil in Libya and, and Iraq has elevated the risk of disruption. Uh, there's been some gunmen uh, gunmen with explosives stormed the offices of the uh, Libyan National Oil Company in Tripoli. So that wasn't so good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so you're, you're seeing some of this stuff happen, and, and uh, you got to be a little bit more careful. You know, the Canadian light scenario is such that uh, refinery maintenance is in full swing up there. And, uh, you know, that usually means that you're going to get a little bit more you know, uh, or a little bit less coming out of them. But the current recovery is has been much slower for much longer. Um, it is probably the slowest recovery in the history of all the recoveries we've had. Now, the Cleveland Fed said the one-year uh, inflation estimate they think might be 2.2.5%, something like that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if that occurs. And, you know, this is occurring with the unemployment rate, uh, the official unemployment rate. Now there's the 5.3, and then there's the 3.8 that, that that is published. So we, you know, there's there's two different ones. You got to kind of learn about that a little bit yourself. But you know, look, usually if you uh, have an inverted yield curve, the non-farm payrolls show an absence uh, right now of of rapid deterioration that usually precedes a a recession. So we don't see that coming out. Uh, and the other thing, the financial obligation ratio, which is a household financial obligations as a percentage of disposable income, is only at 15.9%. It's nowhere near where it was in the you know 2000s, the 2008 scenario. So that's that's uh, encouraging. And, and the consumer is improving. The sentiment's translating into increased sales. So that's another positive. Small, small, year, um, small business optimism I ta- talked about just earlier in the show is at an all-time new high since they started the, the index. The yield curve is the short end's rising fast, but the the long term uh, curve is 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 starting to pick up now too. So you know we just kind of think that's a little bit away. You know if if it's a, if it's anywhere near. Uh, now just so you know, uh, equities do well in and beyond the initial aversion. All right, uh, we've shown that m- numerous times. So I'll just mention that. Also, uh, the energy sector is kind of interesting because the energy stocks, and that's why I've been talking about this for a while. Have we, we have commodity prices stabilizing at this point with oil picking up a little bit, but the energy stocks, when will they catch up to the actual uh, uh, commodity? They haven't, and that's that's that might be the big opportunity coming up here, and I just don't know when it's going to occur. The market valuation remains platable. It's around 16.6 times earnings, so it's not terrible. Small caps are starting to work again. You know, they had a sell-off. We, we suggested that they might do that in August, and, you know, we said it, We'd have a pullback. We did. Uh, they're starting to pick up a little bit again. But the one thing that's really uh, significant, and I don't know when this changes, but value is still losing to growth. Relative performance for value stocks uh, has, you know, I mean, we're talking about a decade of underperformance here. So when will that reverse? And uh, I, I don't think anybody knows yet. Um, the other the other thing that's kind of interesting is the relative performance. U, U.S. leadership has occurred in 2008 and is still there in 2018. So there's been no no sign of of uh, it turning around. By the way, the strong dollar occurred in 2008 while everybody was worried about the rest of the world. So now Lori Castellina, our head strategist, said um, she remains neutral and cautious on small caps as she thinks there's some crowding concerns creeping up, and she remains slightly more favorable on small caps relative to large. Uh, she can still, she values, she looks at value over growth. That's where the deals are. Uh, but I haven't seen it technically. So I'm just going to say that. So I'm not, you know, whatever. 
she likes small cap REITs, and they look uh, much more favorable than large cap REITs. And and she says the best macro uh, backdrops exist in discretionary energy, financials, materials, and communications. And I got a lot of all those. Uh, the worst macro backdrops exist in small cap healthcare and tech, large tech. Uh, she actually likes old tech more than she likes new tech, which is interesting. And it's kind of funny because small cap healthcare is where the money's being made. Now, remember, when we talk about uh, um, different cycles, you know, there's an early outperformance, there's an established outperformance, there's an early outperf- early underperformance, then an established underperformance, and it starts all over again. So, you know, you got to think about that. And I want to emphasize the four-year cycle because we're coming to that now. So, uh, now, here's a couple things that I, I've been seeing. Uh, now, I've also, you know, I have Bob Schleimer from Fundstrat, and I have Bob Dickey helping me with this. So, uh, this is not all my own work, but... This is what I've been seeing on the uh, the charts. Uh, look, we, we had a short-term pullback underway for about a month there in uh, August, and then we had in one week we made it all up. The small caps were diverging to the negative side, and um, growth is correcting short-term versus value, but it, it it's still, you know, growth is there. The international markets remain oversold, and they're attempting to bottom, but tactically I, I just don't see it yet. Um Japan is showing some early signs, breaking out above some, uh, you know, uh, uh, resistance. And uh, so Japan might be a place to look. Um, the U.S. dollar remains in, a, in a, what I call an intermediate pullback. Uh, if it were to break down from here, you remember, we, well, we'll talk about uh, at the last section of the show what to do, rising dollar, falling dollar. Aerospace and defense, it was very uh, strong there for a while. And then they made peace in North Korea and South Korea, and they they. They hit them hard. Uh, energy still looks really uh, interesting to me. You know, we, we had uh, the Russell pull back right to support. And then, uh, you know, it looks like there's some big support in the 1600, 1650 area on the Russell. Uh, growth is still, you know, I emphasize that because it's big. You know, growth is, is taking on value. It's, it's, it's getting to a point where you're, you're, things are interesting. The U.K., which have been holding up, uh, fell down. Japan broke out a little bit. Uh, I don't see anything in the, in the emerging markets that make me jump up and down and, and shout. Um, U.S. bond yields have been holding up. Uh, the daily momentum has become a little bit overbought, so it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, also, the dollar, the momentum has, has peaked and remains negative, so it'll be interesting to see if that turns up. Uh, crude oil is near resistance. There's a lot of resistance at 80 bucks. Uh, supports at sixty five seventy. I think this is going to go sideways for a while. Now, the technology sector's relative performance seems to be negatively diverging, and we've talked about that. How some of these names are pretty expensive. So, uh, you know, I just think uh, semiconductors and technology are in a bit of a broader distribution, and people are going other places because it's an overcrowded trade. Trust me on that one. Uh, the industrial sector. You know, we talked about that the last three weeks. It looks very, very strong. Uh, we're having kind of a, a consolidation, you know, a weekly momentum re- remains negative in the oil area, uh, but it's oversold. It means coming very oversold and it, and it popped up a little bit this week. Uh, materials uh, still, you know, the momentum's turning up on materials. So it'd be interesting, especially in the gold area. Uh, and, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. And I guess that, you know, if I looked, the defense sector was, you know, broke out. It needed to pull back, and it did hard. It did very, very quickly and very, very, uh, uh, very hard. So, 
All right, let's stay tuned. We'll be right back. A local window company in business for 58 years. That's no accident. I'm with my friend Bill from Empire Window Company. Bill, I like what you stand for. You make buying windows simple. At Empire Window Company, you'll get a great product and you'll get a fair price. We've been in business longer than most of our competitors put together, almost 60 years now, and we're local. Before you make a decision, you're going to want to give us a call. You'll be happy you did. To celebrate 58 years right now, get eight quality windows for your home from $58 a month. Call 855-76-EMPIRE. Choose from double hung, sliding, casement and awning, bow and bay windows, 855-76-EMPIRE. And if you're thinking about vinyl siding, try 35% off and free gutters with your siding project. You can see what replacement windows and siding would look like on your home before you buy on Empire's free online design center. Visit EmpireWindowCompany.com. 58 years, that's a lot of satisfied customers. Empire Window Company, 855-76-EMPIRE. Isn't it time you stepped into a Cadillac? Now is the perfect time. Visit Medina Automall and test drive a new Cadillac. You can be driving home in a 2018 Cadillac XT5 today. The 2018 Cadillac XT5, the most sophisticated and refined crossover Cadillac has ever created. Lease it for just $289 a month. That's right, $289 a month. Cadillac class and affordability. Medina Cadillac, Northeast Ohio's fastest growing Cadillac dealer. We love what we do, and you'll love what we do too. I-71 and Route 18. Click MedinaCadillac.com. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, if you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes, and uh, this is where we talk about the bullish percent. And, and the bullish percent is just our main risk guide. Uh, it's not going to tell you how far the market's going to go down. It's just going to tell you if... if the risk scenarios on your side or against you. Okay. It's a chart that goes from zero to hundred. When we uh, get uh, in a column of X's, the offensive teams on the field, that's where we are right now. We go in a column of O's. That's when distribution occurs. Now there's some other stuff here. Uh, like the level 70 tends to be when things are overheating and level 30 thing is when things have cooled off drastically. Uh, also, we have to look at dynamic asset level investing uh, because our friends at Dorsey Wrights are the keeper of this in Virginia. And, and what it tells us right now is domestic equities are the number one asset class. Remember, uh, when things were bad in, in 07 and 08, if you were listening to the show then, domestic equity is the worst uh, form of life on earth at that point. So a uh, much different scenario today. We are in a column of X's at, at 55.1%. We're up 0.4. We would go back into a, a column of O's where the risk level would go up a little bit uh, at 52 uh, small caps are still in O's and they were down 1.2%. So we're, we're seeing some of the small caps diverge the, the downside. Uh, the world index is in a column of X's. Uh, remember it was at 33. I said not to sell it. We're seeing some 
good stuff out of Taiwan and Japan and those areas, but it was down 0.5%. Uh, it, it would reverse down at 36, so you don't have much room there like you uh, like the New York bullish percent. But there's been no change in the bullish percent indicators or the positive trend indicators this week, which are interesting. The high-low indicators all remain in a column of O's. That's mean there's a number of new highs versus new lows. So what we're seeing, I think, is a shift, a rotation into new leadership. And I haven't figured that out yet, but I think it could be uh, into uh, industrials, uh, away from technology, and into some healthcare away from technology. Of course, uh, the the pot pot stocks or the marijuana stocks have been going crazy. That's um, been leadership for a short period of time. Although I I don't know how aggressive you want to get in that area. Uh, technology remains number one though, and uh, really has not budged over the course of the month, and been. I'm seeing a little bit of deterioration on some charts, but you know uh, we have seen some weakness in financials and energy over the course of last month. And uh, but in the terms of you know like the Dorsey Wright numbers, the tallies, there's not enough to cause a change in the rankings. So you know uh, it's still technology, financials, industrials, consumer, discretionary, and then energy. Okay. Uh, as far as all the charts, I looked at all the major indexes. Uh, the only thing I would suggest is the Dow's been had nine straight weeks of monthly momentum. It's kind of gone a little bit parabolic here, so you want to be careful there. Uh, the mid caps have had a good five weeks; they've been positive for five weeks. And small caps have been negative for a week. Uh, same with the QQQ. So some of the large uh, technology companies have been uh, correcting a little bit. The equal weight and the uh, S and P have been positive for eight and nine weeks respectively. So that's a pretty long time in the in the in the momentum area, and uh, you know you just got to remember that. In terms of performance, uh, the major ETFs uh, we had eight moving higher and just two moving lower. Uh, so the biggest upside was the the uh, Morgan Stanley Corporate Index or the EFA. That's the international index that I talked to you about. You know, I said it was going to it was going to bounce. Still doesn't look great, but it has a bounce. On the other hand, on the other coin uh, side of the coin. The small cap index uh, had the biggest decline. It was down almost a half a percent for the for the week. Um, we did see, a, you know, like the EEM and a few other charts. You know, uh, it right now um, the the relative strength for the EEM has turned up a little bit, and the question is, will we get um, get them going? But Look, if you look, we have a chart on relative strength, and when its chart goes green, usually uh, it, it indicates positive relative strength for the emerging markets, which it did this week, which is interesting. Uh, while sell signals were highlighted in, in a red, and uh, we've been red for a while now, and then it just turned green. So it'll be interesting to see if the small, if the EEM and those type of uh, indexes turn. Be very interesting when we look at. Uh, the overall groups, we, we check the groups, okay, to see that we have a bullish percent for them too. We're down to 10. Uh, this has been the low. Uh, the overall groups were down about a half a percent for the week to 48. So, you know, we were at 66 just uh, in January. So we're slowly but surely digesting all these gains. Uh, we look at just favored sectors here because that's what's important. Forest and paper products are still at 70. Um, Remember, they were at 95 along with banks, and banks are, you know, uh, I, let's see, they're at, at 60, and they're still favored. But computers, software, and banks are at 60. Uh, business products and restaurants are at 55. That's not a bad place to look. 
Retail projecting services and healthcare is at 50. Uh, that's a really good place. And oil at 45. Now, we do have several groups that are below 30. All right. Remember what we're looking for with a bullish percentage when it goes below 30 and reverses back up. Usually one of the best times to buy uh, a particular group. Um, but non ferrous metals and steel are both at 30. Uh, well, actually, non ferrous is at 28, steel's at 30. Wall Street is at 26. And there was a lot of movement in Wall Street this week, and precious metals was at 18. Uh, you know, Wall Street's moved from Wall Street was at 80 and moved all the way down to 24 very, very quickly. But the stocks held up, and I'll emphasize that they held up, and that's that's interesting uh, because I mean they were you know down five or six bucks, but they held up. It wasn't a massive sell-off, is what I'm suggesting. So uh, you know, it, things could get very, very interesting. Uh, computers were at the top of the favors list. Now they're just uh, they're just favored, you know, not the top of the list. Oil service uh, fell down, and machinery. Uh, that's part of that industrial group moved up into a, a, a more favored status too. So now, look if you look at the markets in Asia, they've been they've been spotlighted lately because of trade tariffs and you know the super typh- uh, typhoons and uh, you know some market swoons lately. Uh, Asia has not been immune to, to the correction taking place globally. Um, as, as a result, you know, you've seen some weakness in the Pacific Basin. Ex-Japan group has a really a negative score is what it comes down to, of, of point, uh, uh, 2.32 on the negative side. Uh, China is one of the weakest groups, but the Pacific Basin has a score of uh, 2.2 and a negative score direction too. So uh, th- this group has not been great. Within Asia, Taiwan is a bright spot. And I don't know why, but with the re- most recent action, uh, if you look at some of the a lot of the ETFs, we'll just take the Morgan Stanley Corporate Index because uh, it's an easy one. Um, it did break a double top and then put on a couple more X's, so uh, that's interesting. So if I look at international equities, you know, if I look at the rankings on Dorsey Wright's Dynamic Asset Level in, in Investor uh, System, uh, Asia Pacific Developed is number one, number one in votes. And Asia Pacific emerges number two, then Europe, Africa, Mideast, Europe emerging, and Latin America's dead last. Uh, they, they've been having a hard time there. Um, now, another big development, and I think this is really big, uh, and, and this is why I'm talking about bonds again, is the 10-year treasury, the TNX, we're talking about the yield now, broke a triple top, uh, taking out resistance dating back to June. And... Uh, you know, that's when it crossed the 3% uh, area and then went to 3.025. Uh, this remove this moves, you know, the TNX to a positive overall trend in the Dorsey Wright system or the point and figure charts. So here we have the 10-year yield breaking out, which is very, very, I, I think, you know, kind of interesting for anybody who's uh, uh, been, been involved in the market. So, it, it, I mean, it, it could be... Uh, something that's, you know, pretty big, as a matter of fact. Uh, Now, with that, uh, you know, corporate bonds uh, have been picking up a little bit and people are starting to pay attention to them a little bit more, but the yield is there, you know. uh, And uh, so high-yield corporate bonds tend to go with the stock market, not the bond market. Remember that. Uh, Somebody asked me about gold stocks, so I'll just talk about them briefly. I'm not going to mention any names, but I've noticed a couple stocks that are starting to look good on the charts. And they're not great. They, what they did was they broke out big 
uh, back in the early part of the year and then just got crushed just recently. But they're right where they should be in support area. So, you know, gold is really oversold. Don't know, you know, look, you can stay oversold for a long, long period of time, but there's three or four charts that are starting to look good, and uh, you'd have to call me on that one. Now, crude oil, uh, which, you know, uh, went positive for a pretty long time, then went negative for four, five or six weeks. It's been positive for two weeks now. I've been noticing a couple of the um, the continuous commodity indexes have uh, started to show up uh, with positive momentum, too. Gold's been positive for five weeks. Gold, the commodity, the actual stocks uh, have not been. And then, uh, you know, copper, which, you know, had 18 straight weeks or 19 straight weeks of being positive, then got crushed and then came back, uh, had six straight weeks now being positive, but the trend's negative. Same with corn. Corn's uh, been negative for about three or four weeks now. So the commodity market's been <laughs> kind of an interesting place to be, and uh, it's something that a lot of people are uh, worried about. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure whether to, uh, you know, jump up and down and say, hey, go buy them or, you know, what, but I think uh, it's really just for bottom fishers, and uh, I would be a, I would be unsincere if I said that you know I'd be going out buying those things right the moment. All right, all right. Now uh, we also talk about uh, relative strength buy signals, and I think if you notice the last several weeks, we've had two times as many sell signals as we've had buy signals. So, look, uh, Shiloh Industries, which is a little uh, basic resource company, uh, been showing up on my machine quite a bit. Uh, Sportsman Warehouse, another, these are all six, $10 stocks, so these are not for, you know, everybody. Uh, that's been showing up on my chart, had a buy signal. And then Concordia Healthcare, uh, which is a really interesting stock, but it's it's not a domestic stock. And Qualcomm, Qualcomm broke its downtrend line, and it uh, gave a relative strength buy signal. That's interesting. And Ceridian Holdings, uh, it's a software company, and our analyst follows it, and it's, uh, so you have, you know, good good coverage on it, and uh, also, it's it's something that uh, looks good on the charts. On the sell side, Accordia Therapeutics, Simo uh, Century, uh, another biotechnology, Microchip uh, broke down, uh, Pogenics Pharmaceuticals, biotechnology, uh, Make My Trip, psycho, Cyclical Goods, uh, Remax, which is in the real estate investment services area, Twitter, and Revance Therapeutics. So uh, there we go. Uh, look, I... I, I wanted to just talk briefly. I think the U.S. and China are really digging in for a protracted trade battle. And I don't think this is going to go away as fast as everybody is anticipating. So just remember that. Stay tuned for Insiders. Imagine this, a three-bedroom ranch with one and a half baths. Now two stories, five bedrooms, and three and a half baths. It's all a creation of artistic renovations, and you can see it this weekend as part of the Nari Remodeled Homes Tour. Altogether, eight homes on the tour, and this gem is located on Lake Road in Lakewood. Cost is $5 or $10 to tour all the homes with proceeds benefiting Autism Speaks. For more details, check out ArtisticReno.com or NariHomeTour.com. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. 
Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. And if you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Once again, if you missed part of the show and you'd like to hear it again, go to WHK1420 uh, on the on your computer. And under local podcasts, on uh, Monday about noon, or it's either Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember which one, they have uh, the local podcast. Now, we're, we're I guess we're trying to work on uh, having a national podcast where uh, you can get it on Apple, uh, your Apple phone, but... Until we do that, it's it's still local. So WHK fourteen twenty. Uh, you can also go directly to my webpage. So if you'd like to sit down, and have a cup of coffee, and talk about your portfolio, uh, you can do that. Just hit the email me or contact me or call me at eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. That's eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. Now we talk about insiders, and we got a lot of them this week. So uh, you know, curing Dr Pepper, we had uh, um, a director buy one point one million. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting because I think it's the second person in in like a month to buy. And Restoration Hardware, the CEO, bought $1 million worth, and he's got a chunk of it. Uh, The stock dropped from 160 down to 141. I think he believed bought it at 139. Uh, Paragon Associates, uh, uh, Iridex Corporation, which is in healthcare, they make uh, medical appliances. Uh, Paragon Associates, they were a former 10% owner. Now they don't own it. They bought their first chunk of 420000 That's why I mentioned it, because they were a former uh, 10% owner. And if you, know, if you don't know who Kevin Tang is, you should. Uh, he's chairman of the board of Odinate Therapeutics. Kevin's had a great track record over a period of time. He just bought $1.7 million for the stock on the 20th, and then he bought... He, He's he's bought several times. He's up to twelve point five million shares. Uh, that's about seven percent of the company. Also, uh, we had a, the same director who's who's bought for the last three weeks about a million dollars for the stock of Salesforce.com at a new high. Bought another nine hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars worth, which I thought was uh, interesting. And here's one that's uh, you know these guys are buying at new highs, which is really you know I think. You know, for insiders to buy at new highs is incredible as far as I'm concerned. But uh, there's a director at Molina Health. Now, uh, they're health care plans, if you don't know who they are. But he bought $1.867 million worth two times uh, last week. And then, you know, we talked about this one, Calvista Pharmaceuticals. And unfortunately, we don't follow it. But uh, a director bought a million dollars worth. And, and just remember, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a... a Someone who bought eighteen million, and a couple other people that bought, you know, a million or two million. So this is at a new high. Uh, you like seeing that, you know. Uh, it, you know, you like seeing them at new lows and new highs, so that they're 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 paying close attention. But uh, look, we've had five buyers here of Calvista uh, in the ten to twenty range just in the last week. Um, mostly officers, okay. So that's one that uh, you should put on your radar scheme. We thinks. Um, inter- in, independent, easy for me to say, independent bank group, we had a director buy $1.6 uh, and he is one of the longer uh, 
residing directors, shall we say. And also we have Cool Holdings, uh, w- which the symbol is AWSM. A lot of people have bought it, but uh, before, I mean, we had one guy buy 360,000 shares, uh, another buy 33, another 62, another 425,000, then a couple back in August buy, uh, you know, like 400,000 shares. Unfortunately, it went from like 8 to 15 this week, so you want to wait for that one uh, to, to, to pull back a little bit. And then uh, Adaptimmune Therapeutics, uh, New Enterprise Associates reported a 15.2% stake this week. Remember, they bought some last week, so they obviously bought more. And I also noticed that the chairman uh, bought some, and uh, David Mott is his name, and he, he bought $25,000 worth. He now has 94, uh, 94 million shares. <laughs> so uh, you'd love to see when guys, you know, he bought 15,000 shares, so he added, what, uh, 14, 15% to his position. I love seeing that. Uh, Oak Tree Capital Group, we had the parent company buy $15 million worth of stock. These guys are in asset management, that type of thing. And here's one our analyst likes, and he's been a little bit wrong. I mean, he, he recommended at 15, it's around 12 and a half now. Uh, it's Cotty. And we had 11 total buys. I mean, uh, 234,000, a couple 347,000, uh, 78,000, 136,000, uh, 23,000. So it's um, it's a, it's a This is a buy low, sell high stock. It's down and out. All right, so so what am I seeing, uh, you know, personally? And I, I, I looked at some charts, and, you know, look, the Dow Jones broke above the old high, and so did the S&P, which is, look, what, what we found over the last couple of years, uh, basically since the bottom in 2009, is we've had big up moves and sideways moves, and, and then big up moves, then sideways move. And the problem is, is that the channel is from the, the up, part of the channel to the bottom because that's, you know, you draw trend lines now, okay, above on all the highs and then all the lows is about 18%. So in, in the past when we had a lot of government regulation and a lot of high taxes, these were dangerous times, okay? Stocks got killed. Uh, you know, remember 2010, 2011, we had the flash crash, we had the, the debt crisis, uh, you know, we had the Ebola scare, and then and then in 2000, uh, late 2014, we ha- I mean, so we had the Ebola scare in 2014. Then we had, during, from 2014 to 2016, we had four 5% corrections and two 15% corrections. So uh, the difference is the taxes are much lower. Companies are investing in business, which is unusual. And, and so... You know, it's kind of a different kind of a sell-off. I mean, January was a pretty big sell-off because it was above the trend line there for a while. And I guess my question is, uh, are we going to continue this type of pattern where we have group rotation versus a whole market sell-off? And I don't know the answer to that, but, you know, when you get near the high of the year in the Dow, you have to pay attention. And also when you have uh, like a uh, the beginning of a parabolic move, uh, you know, those type of moves tend to end very quickly. All right, so don't, you know, uh, a lot of people are, um, well, let's put it this way. A couple things to remember are the fastest part of a move, either to the upside or downside, is often the last part of the move, okay? So that, that pullbacks are often steeper and faster than the move that proceeded on the upside. 
so we we see the current rally in the market to the new highs is, is not the beginning, but you know, kind of the end of the start of the moves to the upside. I don't know. Uh, that's my my opinion. But you know, n- normally, um, you know, in the last eight years, if you would have done that, what you would have seen is is a pretty hard pullback. Uh, like I said, but then again, we had you know you had the, the Obamacare tax on the smaller companies. You had a big tax. You had a b- bunch of government regulation. That's kind of gone away now. So it's 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 a different, uh, it's kind of a different scenario. I think the other thing that was very important is we we've had this. Uh, you know, we all all the bullish percent is the number of buy signals versus the number of sell signals. Okay, so it's a struggle between buy and sell signals, but. We've had this turn up in the New York Stock Exchange where we've had multiple buy signals. Uh, so that's, that's you know, if you get a buy signal and a positive trend on the, on the bullish percent, you know, you got, you got something going for you. So remember, what we're trying to do here is we're going to take the fundamentals with the technicals. So we're, we're looking at product accepted, co- company management, earnings quality, price to earnings ratio, and what to buy. And then when to buy is internal strength, trend analysis, relative strength, momentum, and when to you know buy or sell. Okay, so the Nasdaq we talked about it making a lower high last week. It's it continues to sell off. Uh, I'm I'm seeing some money come out of there, and I'll emphasize this again. Value stocks are as cheap as I've ever seen them, versus growth stocks. Now they're not as cheap as I've ever seen them, but they're as cheap as I've ever seen them versus growth stocks. So, you know, what do we do? We, we, we got to take a, take a serious look at value and, and we'll try to let you know as soon as we start to see it turn up. Now, as far as oil is concerned, look, we have good support at 65. We have big resistance at around 80. So uh, if we broke either way, that'd be uh, pretty good. But I am, look, I think Blackstone's report on oil was very positive last week. What they said was consumption was up 11%. Oil Oil uh, actual production and discovery is down 14%. That's not going to last for a long, long time. Uh, the Internet Index has been uh, correcting, and it looks like it may correct. And the European stocks is still in a little bit of a trouble. But look, remember, uh, if we have a rising dollar, U.S. equities are the way to go. Small mid-caps usually outperform large, and growth stocks are better than value. And that's what's been happening. If the dollar starts falling... It's non-U.S. equities, commodities, gold, and international currencies. All right, what would I do this week? Well, uh, like I said, I, I started to warm up to some of the oil stocks, and I'm still warming up to those guys. I, it, you know, oil's doing better than the stocks. That's interesting. Gold right now is doing a little bit better than the stocks. That's kind of interesting, uh, especially since, you know, uh, gold stocks, I mean, you know, gold stocks are below, I think there's like 16 <laughs> on the uh, on the bullish percent, so... Uh, but I would be looking uh, right now, best ideas, I would be looking at dividend growth portfolio, the oil portfolio. Uh, you know, I, I'd start to take a look at the ADR list. I'm not saying go out there and buy with both hands or anything like that. I'm saying starting to look. <laughs> it's different from going out and saying, hey, buy them. But there are some, you know, I, I bought two or three oil stocks a couple weeks ago. Actually, the, the one, I bought it and uh, along with some insiders and got beat up. I want to mention three insiders because the insiders don't always work. Okay. So I said, I promised I, I'd talk about this. There was three big ones. Number one, GE. Uh, most of the insiders bought, well, well, Nelson Peltz, who was a very smart man uh, and was responsible for getting rid of Jeff Elmel, which is be careful what you wish for because 
Then all the bad stuff started coming out. Uh, bought it at 27 and he put $2 billion in, and he just got out completely last week, which I think is that's, a, that, uh, that's his probably biggest hit he's ever taken in his career. I mean, he had 65 straight, very, very profitable trades, and he got beat up. Also, uh, Lionsgate, John Malone, you know, I mean, if you would have bought with John, 500 shares of Telecommunications A in 1991, right now you'd have about $1.4 bucks. Uh, he's one of the smartest men in, in media. He got killed. Uh, he bought it at 38 and a half. It's now 20 and a half. Our analyst loves the stock, at, uh, but only they love Netflix in this, this area. And then uh, finally, is in Trexon, Randall Kirk, uh, the greatest biotech investor of time. Hey, it's, uh, it's Saturday, so go have a good time. This is the Smart Investor Show. Remember, buy low, sell high. Uh, my phone number is 888-222-7742 if you have co- want to have a cup of coffee. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour.